Thank you for the kind introduction. Your Highness, ladies and gentlemen, it is truly an honor to be here today on a historic moment that I hope to share with you as we talk about some of the positives in the region. You know, over the last day, I've heard a lot about what are the challenges and what are the opportunities in the region. And I thought to myself, as I'm coming here, let's focus on the positives. Let's focus on what change is happening and what does it mean to the region as a whole. Ladies and gentlemen, as we speak, we have witnessed a historic moment in Bahrain. Only a couple of minutes ago, the Vatican's own Pope Francis has arrived to the Kingdom of Bahrain on his first visit. This marks a historic occasion, not only for those of the Christian faith in Bahrain, but those that come from many different faiths that have chosen Bahrain for many decades. Over the next two days, the Pope will be involved in a number of events. The biggest is in the National Stadium where we'll have a mass for people from the country and from the region as a whole. In addition to that, uh, His Majesty extended that invitation to participate in the Bahrain Forum for Dialogue, bringing in religious leaders from all around the world to discuss the issues that most matter today. How do we peacefully coexist in the region and in the globe? This is a rising challenge that we see in multiple communities around the world. And so over the next two days, we will see the visit of the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar, in addition to others from different sectors and different religions. Now, I always get asked this question about Christianity in Bahrain. And when we look at the roots of Christianity, when we look at the relationship that has been built between our two nations, it started off over 100 years ago with a number of missionaries that came to Bahrain right. and decided to stay for a very long time, institutionalizing themselves, building a hospital and a church and a multitude of institutions that define who we are as Bahrainis today. And as a result, we've seen representation of Christians in the Shura Council, our parliament, and we will continue to see that representation as we go forward. I start with this because one of the fundamental challenges that we face today is that issue of understanding one another, of reacting to one another in a way in which we might be able to agree to disagree. And in a region like the Middle East, that concept is yet to be understood and comprehended fully. And so I am truly honored to be here to share with you this very important moment in Bahrain. In addition to that, as we talk about the US-Bahrain relationship, 
A lot of people define that relationship as a very strong defense relationship. And yes, it is true. We've been consistent partners of the United States for many years when it comes to defense. We've been home for the Fifth Fleet for many years, tens of thousands of US personnel and their families, i.e. the only DOD operated school in the region. And by the way, that school that our Crown Prince graduated from, his son graduated from. And so this is a very historic pillar that defines the relationship. But moreover, our relationship with time become, became a multifaceted relationship, one that is much needed in a world where governments are scrambling to prioritize their internal affairs and look at ways in which they can build new partnerships or foster older relationships that have existed for many years. Trade has been one of the most important pillars. And yes, we do have a free trade agreement with the US. We've tried to prioritize US investments in Bahrain by actually allocating plots of, a plot of land as a free trade zone for American companies. But we see this as a future. A country that has pegged its currency to the US dollar says a lot. And so in this consistent relationship, we have seen our foreign policy goals align a lot with the US. But there's a bigger question that was always being asked of any Bahraini or US official. Mm-hmm. And it's the question of commitment. And as time goes by, the clearer the commitment from both parties, the easier it is for decisions to be made. That commitment is one that has been tested for many, time, for many years. But at the end of it, we've chosen, and we've chosen very wisely. And so we need to capitalize on these opportunities, whether they be in defense, trade, or other areas. I have a a teenage daughter that's graduating this year. And even if I was in Bahrain, she was going to go to school here in the US. Education is a very important pillar. Culture is a very important pillar. And we have been able to maintain that over time. Over the past four years, actually five, it goes by very quickly. I've been witness to many different events here in Washington. But I would say one of the most important ones was the announcement of the Abraham Accords. And boy, was it important for Bahrain to be a part of the foundational members in the Accords. Two years in, we see a lot going on. We see a mindset that's settling in the region one that more and more people are kind of understanding. And when you talk about opportunities, this is an untapped potential that the younger generation is looking at very closely and ways in which we can bring people closer together, but also make sure that our communities are not depending on one another, but finding win-win situations to bring our peoples closer together. Two years ago, we were very clear in what we stand for 
when we entered into the Accords. Bahrain will continue to build closer relations with the Palestinians, but at the same time, open up a new channel of communication with the Israelis. Our Minister of Industry and Commerce was in Israel two days ago. And yes, there's a talk of a free trade agreement, hopefully by the end of the year. But as we increase, as we put more meat on the bone, we provide opportunities for all peoples and we provide hope for all peoples in the region, Palestinians included. So the Abraham Accords was definitely a, a game changer. Uh, we've institutionalized it. We've seen how the Negev Forum has worked towards bringing working groups into fruition in multiple sectors. And we're starting to see progress. Another issue that I'd like to touch upon is an issue that we're facing domestically. In the next couple of days, Bahrain will be going through its sixth parliamentary election cycle. One that is very important for us, but also a very important reminder to where the compass is pointing. We're seeing record numbers of participants, candidates, record number of women this time around. And as we move forward, I'm pretty sure that we will see a very successful parliament come to fruition and assist in governing the country like what we've seen for the past 20 years. All of this and all of these examples, I hope, led to one idea, which is the Middle East today is not the Middle East that it used to be 5, 10, 15 years ago. We're dealing with a very different dynamic. We're dealing with a very different segment of society that have now become in leadership positions that had access to a society that's very similar to the one that you've been living in for many years. And so it's important to realize that as we interact with the Middle East and as we work with the Middle East towards a safer region, bearing in mind the national security interests of those countries and the national security interests of the United States. Thank you very much for the opportunity, and I look forward to hearing from the rest of the speakers. Thank you, Dr. <coughs>